Hello and welcome to Delightful. I'm your host, Lisa McCrowan. Delightful is where science and psychology meet spirituality and creativity to help you follow what delights your heart and live a life you deeply love. Welcome back to another episode of Delightful. Today we are talking all about you feeling lighter and freer. We are talking about you rising by letting go of what no longer serves you. In this episode, I am going to first share three soulful questions to help you get clear on your vision for rising, to help remind you of who supports you to rise, and your vision of like what really does feel lighter and freer. Then I'll also share six signs to know if something doesn't serve you. Six clear signs. And then finally, eight ways to let go of what no longer serves you. If you'd like to get your own outline of the soulful questions, the signs, and the ways so that you can journal about these with these soulful prompts, and then you can get clear on what doesn't serve you and then also what does serve you, join my community of Delightful Divas. Delightful Divas is my monthly membership. It's right now on the site called Buy Me a Coffee. You'll want to be sure to click membership and join for just $5 a month. It's just $5 right now, as of right now. And this week, if you join, I will send you the outline of these questions and signs and ways so that you can just sit back and enjoy this episode and soak in all the goodness. So I hope to see you in the Delightful Divas community. And as a side note, Anyone can be a diva, any human being, and I'd love to see you inside that community. So let's get started. I will first start with reading the poem, Rising, and then we will get into all of these questions and seeing what will support you to feel lighter and freer and so that you rise. Rising. You were made for something bigger, bolder, and yet softer and slower. It's time to pause and listen within, to move your body in ways that invigorate you and embolden your feminine form. You were meant for something freer, lighter, and less harsh. It's time to let go of what no longer serves you and rise. When I was little, I knew that someday I'd be an author and a leader. Like I shared in my first episode, A Story of Delight, I started writing books in Mrs. Costumbader's third grade class. Even back then, I wrote stories about delight, compassion, and connection, and then middle school. Middle school happened, and many of you know those awful experiences that I had there then. But there was one bright moment that I want to share with you. I must have told my mom, or these are things that we talked about in our family, like our dreams, and, and she must have, of course, just observed my way of being. And 
I, that I had this feeling that I was supposed to be a leader of some big movement. And it wasn't something that I questioned. It just was. And back then, I was learning about great leaders, like from my, from my church and from my parents and my family, about Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, and then later in high school, Oscar Romero of El Salvador. And I just felt this calling that I was going to lead something someday, a movement that was about creating a more compassionate world. And I would say things like, I'm going to be mayor of a small town. I want to be mayor of a small town. And I can see myself working for myself, like being a real estate agent. So even back then, I knew that I'd be a little mover and shaker. And so my amazing mom, to support my courageous spirit, to support me to rise, she said, let's go and get your picture taken. Every real estate agent and leader needs a picture, like a headshot. So... This is so old school, you guys. So this must have been like mid-80s. She took me to Olin Mills to get my picture taken. Olin Mills. It was one of those studios that you could go to and they'd pull down those backdrops of like rivers or streams or forests and you'd have your picture taken. So obviously she knew that I wouldn't use that headshot when it came, when when I came of age to run my own business or when I was a leader but she encouraged my courageous spirit and she encouraged me to rise even back then So my first soulful question for you is who encourages you to rise Who in your life has encouraged you to dream big, to be bolder, to take the next right step? Who helps you or who has helped you to remember who you are at your essence? And I encourage you as a side note this week to thank them. In some way, thank them. If they have passed away, send, put your hands together in prayer and bow your head and thank them in some way. Send that blessing and that that prayer of gratitude out into the universe. And then if they're still living, reach out to them. Let them know that you thank them for encouraging you to rise. So even back then, I knew that I was going to be a leader, a writer, Now, obviously, today I am not mayor of a small town. I am not a real estate agent, but I do work for myself. I am a writer. And in terms of leading a movement, well, I've I've done that in small ways when I lead gatherings, and I'm really good at creating community. And so I think that is ongoing, just like me being a writer and a leader is ongoing. So how that looks today is very different than I would have thought it would look back when I was little. And it also doesn't look like how our culture would define influential or a leader. I don't lead a huge company. I don't have tens of thousands of followers on like Instagram. I haven't written a New York Times bestselling book. I've chosen to do independent publishing instead. I lead small groups of people. And so I've had to let go of that typical definition of success, the numbers, the job title. I've had to let go of what the world's definition of bigger and bolder means. My bigger and bolder is different. Bigger to me means not hiding my light. It means not playing small when I have a great idea in a group. It means 
following that yes from my soul, even if it means people may not agree with me or like it. Like when I knew that I was supposed to go and live and work in Guatemala and El Salvador, when I knew I was supposed to move across the country and go to this grad, this, this grad school program in Boston, and as you all know, that's where I met my husband, bolder, bolder to me means to be courageous in sharing my poetry, to allow myself to shine on stage or in this podcast. It's to show up with big love for my clients. It's to try out new adventures like I did a few years ago with skiing and cycling, which I still do today. And it means to take soul risks, soul risks. That's the language I use for the courageous thing you just know you must do. You know it in your gut, in your bones, even if you're a little bit afraid and nervous. So bigger and bolder, yet, as I say in the poem, softer and slower softer, not so darn harsh with myself. I'm so giving up harshness with myself and this second half of my life. And slower means like, for me, not going at a pace that exhausts me and depletes me. It means going at a pace that is right for my life. And it's a rhythm that agrees with my body, mind, and soul. A few years ago, I was, lead- I was reading a leadership book by a famous author and leader. And in her book, she was just, she was describing some things that she and her, her staff were doing. And I remember thinking as I was reading her, her stuff, she was like flying from one place to another and all these interviews and it just sounded so exhausting. And I was like, that is not how I want to live and work. That is not the leader that I am called to be. Bigger and bolder, yet softer and slower. So often in my work as a psychotherapy and coach, I hear from clients that wants, they, they want something different, something more life-giving, something more nourishing and invigorating. That's their bigger and bolder, like bold enough to dream their dreams, not necessarily for like the bigger house or more followers or more money. That's society's definition of bigger and bolder, but their own soul definition of bigger and bolder. Like it might be to go on more adventures, start their own business that just totally delights their hearts, uh, speaking up more with confidence sharing their light, caring for their needs and remembering that their well-being matters. To like be a baker, a writer, a gardener. And what I love doing is helping people to to discern that. Like what is that thing that lights them up, that how to follow what delights their heart and then doing it in a way that is softer and slower, not so harsh to their nervous systems, not so harsh to their spirits or to their bodies, and definitely not going at a pace of our culture, according to society's 24-7, 365 hustle culture. The people I work with want to listen within and honor what they hear. That is the bigger and bolder, yet softer and slower of their soul. Like going at a pace that agrees with their bodies, minds, and souls, and having a rhythm for their day and their life that agrees with their soul. 
So I bet you too have your own bigger and bolder, that inner prompting, that dream you have, that vision you have that you've maybe had for a long time, maybe since you were a little kiddo like like me, being a writer and a leader. I bet that you too have your own version of softer and slower. Maybe you've been harsh to your body. Maybe your schedule is jam-packed. Maybe you sit too much and move too little. Maybe you don't want to go to so many dang meetings. Maybe you want to go at a pace that agrees with your body and soul. And maybe you want to have a rhythm for your life that better agrees with you and your family and your lifestyle. Yes, you were meant for something, as I say in the poem, freer, lighter, and less harsh. So right now as you listen, you might be in your car commuting right now to to work in the morning, or maybe you are coming home from work. Maybe you are tuning in while you fold laundry, or you are grabbing a moment for yourself to go for a walk, or you are pouring a cup of coffee. So obviously, if you're driving, wait until you are in a safe place at your home or work to do this. But I encourage you to sit down and journal your response to these two questions. First question, right now, in this season of your life, what would feel freer, lighter, and less harsh to you? Maybe you need more sunlight in your day. To Maybe you need more time to sip your coffee or tea. Maybe you want to see more people. Maybe you want to see fewer people. Maybe you want to have large swaths of uninterrupted time to be alone with your creative process. Maybe you need some better boundaries with your time and your energy. Or maybe you need to have a good talk with your inner critic. But what do you imagine yourself doing in your day? Who do you imagine you spend time with? What would feel nourishing and soothing? What would feel freer, lighter, and less harsh? I encourage you to journal about that. Second question. As I say in the poem, it's time to let go of what no longer serves you and rise. Here's my question. What no longer serves you? Ask yourself, what no longer serves me? Maybe even what has never served you in your current life or and even in the past. Like make a list. List it all out. Maybe it's that old belief or habit. Maybe it's a way of being like people pleasing or always caring for others before yourself. Maybe it's a dynamic between you and someone else. Maybe it's wanting someone to be different or wanting a situation to be different than it is. Maybe what no longer serves you is an old story that you have held on to about yourself, someone you love, your life. Maybe what no longer serves you is an aspect of a relationship or a relationship that just doesn't serve you anymore. Maybe what doesn't serve you anymore is an expectation you have. Or maybe what doesn't serve you is a job that you've been at for decades, but it drains you. 
or an activity, like the number of, of committees you're on. You're just, it doesn't serve you anymore. And maybe what doesn't serve you anymore is the pace you go at in your day. What doesn't serve you? And as a side note, when I'm talking about what doesn't serve you anymore, I'm not talking about just bailing on things just because they are hard or take work or make us uncomfortable. I'm talking about those habits or ways of beings, those uh, relationships that we just know we need to be done with for our soul's evolution, for our deepest happiness, not the temporary satisfaction of avoiding hard things. So I encourage you to reflect on those two questions. What right now in your life feels or would feel like freer, lighter, and less harsh? And what no longer serves you? Sometimes people ask me, well, how do I know what doesn't serve me? So I have six ways of telling if something doesn't serve you anymore. One is you just know. Like there's just this knowing in you when you're honest with yourself, like this isn't working. This isn't good for me. Like you just know this relationship is toxic. This job is sucking the life out of me going around trying to take care of everyone else's needs without taking responsibility for my own, it just, I'm, it exhausts me. I'm done with it. Being harsh with your teenager and trying to get them to change just isn't working. It doesn't serve either of you. So the first thing is just, you often just know. Second, your body knows. Like when you think about, when you start to make your list of what doesn't serve you anymore, your body contracts. It's like it turns away. It tightens. And we will get into this in different podcasts or different episodes, but your body wants to be your friend. It wants to be this beautiful indicator to you of whether something serves you or is good for you or not. So, so much of our time together will be about listening to your body. So your body knows. That's the second thing. Third, third way of knowing that something just doesn't serve you is it's toxic. Your friends say it's toxic. You intuitively know it's toxic. Four, you feel bad about yourself. Like you just don't feel good about yourself and your body, mind, heart, soul when you think of this particular thing. Five, it drains you. I'll give you an example of this. Years ago, I was working full-time at Georgetown University. It was like the perfect job for me. I loved it. But I had to get real with myself. Even for this perfect job, it there were aspects of it that weren't perfect. And it was the biggest thing was the commute at the time. And even though Georgetown really worked with me on just commuting a couple of days a week, it was still too much for me. And it was too much for the way in which I wanted to be about for my family. So side note, I ended up doing consulting with them. I quit Georgetown full-time and then I, I started working and doing consulting with them. But it drains you. So this, it just, you know it and it drains you. Then the sixth way you know that something doesn't serve you is it hurts you. It's like it hurts your body, your soul. So these six points help us to get real with ourselves. It helps us to name, yeah, this doesn't serve me anymore. 
So I encourage you, write your list. Spend some time doing this. I'll share some of the things that no longer serve me. I, in preparation for this, for recording this episode, I did this too. I made my list of like what no longer serves me. So here are a couple of things. My old definition of success does not serve me. Eating anything that doesn't make me feel good, it doesn't serve me. Comparing myself to others, wanting people to be different, blaming other people. My old stories of like, hmm, of like, oh, I've given so up so much, or I've done so much, this kind of victim mentality, it actually really doesn't serve me. Being overly concerned about my children's social life, it doesn't serve me, doesn't serve them either. Sitting at a desk for too long doesn't serve me. Not going on family adventures often throughout the year doesn't serve me. I love going on family adventures, small ones, big ones. Staying up late does not serve me. Not resourcing myself and my husband, Brian, like through massages and working with a trainer, acupuncture, having a coach or a therapist when we need to. Not resourcing ourselves does not serve me. And then finally, this is a big one, feeling responsible for my children's emotions. I am learning to not try to fix them and not get super triggered by them, but rather coach them and be alongside them. So those things do not serve me right now. Okay, so the next thing that I usually hear from people then is, how do I let go of what doesn't serve me? Because things can get really complicated. We have responsibilities, we have obligations, we have lots of layers of, of connections to our, and our relationships and our choices of our job, of where we live, all those things. And we, we have a lot invested, time, money, energy, and things get complicated. Family relationships, our work, where we live, all those things can get complicated. But we don't have to let go of everything and all at once. Here are a few ways to help you let go of what no longer serves you to begin to do this and then to rise. Because we can let go of certain aspects of what doesn't serve us anymore. So let's begin. The first thing is, first we have to admit, we have to say to ourselves, this is not good for me anymore. We have to admit that and get real with ourselves and say that. Second, empty your hands. Say what? Yes, like empty your hands. Literally at first. Like here, let me let me share this poem with you. It's called Two Empty Hands. Let me get it here. I am standing with two empty hands, admitting that what was is no longer working, and I am done turning my attention to it. I am open and empty. I am opening the door to welcome in new energy, new possibility, and new life. I will not pick up just any old thing and put it into these precious hands of mine. They will remain empty, trusting, waiting. 
I'll say no to old habits that want to pull me back to my old life like a rubber band stretches but returns to its own shape. I'll go outside and walk in the woods. I'll bake bread and make soup. I'll wrap a warm blanket around me and sit by the fire. I'll remain steadfast, trusting, and listening for that holy yes to rise from within me that will guide my hands to embrace what must come next. Literally and figuratively, empty your hands. You might stand and just like I read in that poem, stand with two empty hands and in some way, symbolically letting go of that which doesn't serve you. The third way to let go of what doesn't serve you is then after we admit what doesn't serve us, we admit it to ourselves, we empty out our hands, then we have to pause and listen within. Like I say in the poem, pausing and listening within, it's time for that. Latsu says, do you have the patience to wait until your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain on moving till the right action arises by itself? So we have to pause and listen within. Don't be so quick to take action. Like I know, I am an action girl. I like to get moving. I like to get get going and take an action on things. I'm with you. But we need time and spaciousness to listen. So this fourth way of letting go of what no longer serves you, is to move your body, put on music, and get used to feeling invigorated and alive. Get used to being in your body and trusting it. Befriend your body. Have this desire to befriend your body. By This could just take a few minutes. You put on a, a song that really you jive with and it's just right for you right now. And you put it on and you move your body organically how it wants to move. You drop into the wisdom of your body and allow your body to move how it wants to. That is one way that we can pause and listen within and empty out and let go of what doesn't serve us. Number five, ask yourself, here's another journaling thing, ask yourself, what does serve me? What does serve my highest good, my soul's evolution? Make another list, journal about this and get real with yourself. Let me get out my journal and I'll share some things of what I wrote. So on the one page, I wrote what no longer serves me. And then on this other side, I wrote what does serve me. Let me share some things with you. Giving myself time to plan and make scrumptious meals. That serves me. Defining success for me and my family. What serves me is going on family adventures, planning them, doing them with just us and then also with other people. Vitamins, vitamins, my green powder and smoothies right now serve me. Dedicating my focus and time to my creative endeavors and putting boundaries, putting boundaries in place that support me in my creative endeavors, that serves me. Prayer and journaling every morning and in the evening, that serves me. Yoga, strength training, walking, skiing, biking, kayaking, hiking, those serve me. 
only saying yes to what feels so aligned with my soul, to what invigorates me, to what delights me, that serves me. Taking soul risks, that serves me. Also this one too right now, letting go, remembering the the bigger picture. So not staying mad, um, not staying frustrated with others, letting other people be human and myself included. Boundaries, limits. Oh, this is a good one. Boundaries and limits to how long I will be annoyed or bothered or invested in something. Like a lot of times I just say to myself, like, I'm giving this five minutes to be annoyed and frustrated and I'm going to call one of my friends or tell Brian about it. And then I'm, and then I'm done with it. I, I like take my hands and I brush them off and I'm like, done. A few last things. Good friends, good friends and spending time with them. That serves me. And then rituals and rhythms, rituals in my everyday life, and then a rhythm, going about my day with a rhythm that, uh, that really supports my well-being, that serves me. So write your list of what does serve you. Number six, practice doing what my mom has always told me, the next right thing. Practice doing just the next right thing that does serve you. Like over years ago when, when I was overwhelmed, I felt so responsible for so many people and things. And yet I had these dreams. I had these longings, uh, like to write a book, to be in community with others on a regular basis. My mom told me just do the next right thing. And sometimes way back then when my children were little, that next right thing meant taking a nap when my, when my little ones were napping too. Sometimes doing the next right thing was to go out and, and write a few lines of poetry and say I go out. It's meant like I, I went to like a coffee shop and gave myself some time to, to write. Um, sometimes doing the next right thing meant to go outside and get some fresh air and sunlight and to move my body, go for a walk or work out. And then sometimes doing the next right thing was to carve out intentional time just for me to dream. So practice doing just the next right thing that does serve you. Number seven of ways that you can let go of what no longer serves you. You might need to get practical and get support. So you might need to make a plan. Um, Yes, you may need to create a roadmap, a plan to let go of what doesn't serve you. And you may need to get support. Like over the years now, I pay the professionals I need in any given season of my life for the kind of support that I'm needing in that moment. I'm so done with doing it alone or trying to figure it all out myself. A, it's just not efficient. And B, I'm smarter than that now. So I hire the right kind of support. You don't have to go at things alone either. And that's also why I'm an integrative coach. I I love helping clients get clear about what feels lighter, freer, and less harsh, what doesn't serve them, what does serve them, and then following what delights their heart and living a life they deeply love. So sometimes you got to make a plan and you need to get practical and get support. That's number seven. And then the last way that I want to share today about how we can let go of what no longer serves us is to continue to trust, open, and stay in alignment. To continue to trust, open, and stay in alignment. 
You know, like when you're in your car and the alignment is just off, you're like on a straight road. And if you gently let go of the car or the, the wheel for a moment, you notice that the car is slightly veering off to one side and you think, oh, I, I got to go get that alignment checked. We know it's not good for the car to be out of alignment. Just like it's not good for us to be out of alignment, out of alignment with our souls, alignment with what delights our hearts. Our job, number eight of letting go of what no longer serves us is to stay in alignment. You say no to opportunities that do not serve you. You say yes to those that do, that are in alignment with what matters most deeply to you and what delights your heart. So those are the eight ways that we can let go of what no longer serves us. One, we have to admit it. We have to say, yes, this is not good for me anymore. Two, empty out your hands. Three, pause and listen within. Be empty for a little bit. Four, move your body. Befriend your body. Learn to trust your body. Five, ask yourself, what does serve me? Six, practice doing the next right thing that does serve you. Just the next right thing, as my mom said. Seven, you might need to get practical and get support and make a plan. Eight, continue to trust, open, and stay in alignment. Honestly, I believe that this is how we serve our highest self, not only for ourselves, but also for the world. When we let go of what no longer serves us, I swear the the world benefits from our lighter, freer, less harsh, more in alignment selves. When you rise, you encourage the rest of us to rise too. Rising. You were meant for something bigger, bolder, yet softer and slower. It's time to pause and listen within to move your body in ways that invigorate you and embolden your feminine form. You are meant for something freer, lighter, and less harsh. It's time to let go of what no longer serves you and rise. To your rising, dear one. Thanks for tuning in today. And like I said in the beginning, if you'd like to get an outline of these questions and the signs and the ways to let go of what no longer serves you, join my Delightful Divas community. And right now it is only $5. And if you join this week, I will send you out this outline of today's episode. And right now it is on the site, Buy Me a Coffee, and you'll want to make sure to click membership and join the Delightful Divas. And again, any human being can be a diva and to be part of this community. And a diva, I see a diva as letting his, her, their light shine. And I, you all know by now listening to this podcast that I am all about you shining your light and rising into your awesomeness. So I hope you'll join this community. And if you'd like to connect on social media, I am on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Lisa McCrowan and you'll find me. And you can also sign up for my newsletter. And with that, you will get my Soul Care Starter Kit. 
And I look forward to continuing to journey with you. I love hearing all the comments that I've gotten in texts and emails and calls, as well as the reviews that you all have been leaving, uh, especially on Apple and Spotify. Thanks so much for supporting this podcast. It is a total grassroots effort, and I really appreciate your support and tuning in. Until next time, may you be delighted.